Welcome to Unwritten, the internet's premier podcast about The Hills' new beginnings, a recent reboot of the gripping, intriguing, riveting mid-2000s reality show, The Hills. Every week we discuss the latest episode of MTV's new reboot of the classic reality show. This week, I think, personally, that this was the best episode of the show so far. There were some classic The Hills vibes to it, yep. a lot of emotional moments for sure. But before we get into the show, let's get to introductions. Across the table for me is Megan Shea. Hey there, it's Megan, and it was my night to buy drinks tonight, so I picked us all up some grapefruit tequila palomas from Founders Original. And there is a, uh, a skeleton on it riding a pinata. And it's a rose gold can. It's beautiful. And Big it, fans over here. It includes effervescent water, as it says on the can. And beside Megan, we have Jessica Glang. Hi, I'm Jessica, and my favorite drink at the Wellsborn is elderflower julep. That sounds exciting. Yeah, I know. I love elderflower because it just makes me feel like I'm like a medieval maiden. So I just order. I don't even really know what it is. Is it I a flower that's old? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's an old flower. That's right? a really good point. Yeah, it just makes me sound like I'm going to cast a spell or turn into a witch or something. It's a Harry so. Potter drink. Yeah. And I am Patrick O'Rourke, a professional Spencer Pratt fan. This week, we don't have any birthdays to announce. Yeah, sorry, guys. Which yeah. which is kind of sad. No so, one was born this week, unfortunately. Not one birth. Yeah, that, that's the way it goes sometimes. Some weeks, just nobody gets born. Yeah, that's okay. If you like wind back the clock nine months, there wasn't a Super Bowl. There wasn't an NBA championship. Nothing really happened in the world of sports. Yeah, sometimes there's wormholes and like people get lost in it. So that's what I'm assuming happened this week. But that's okay. It happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's get into the the episode. I think the big theme when we were talking about it before recording was wildfires. Wildfires. Yes. Yeah. So it turns out that <laughs> it turns out that Brody did save his house. He did, and we are uh, we're here to apologize. Yeah, we're not nice people for making fun of him. Yeah, I think he's I, a national hero. It turns out. <laughs> I think maybe. Risking your life to save your house is was not what, is not a good thing. That was what was concerning to us. Yeah, yeah. sure. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's did, what I'm going to go I with. I did go on WikiHow because I wanted to fact check this, and that's my source. And nowhere did it say in a wildfire situation, should you defend your house. So still find his claims questionable, but I will say that he's a hero yeah. for the sake of that. We and have no proof. And Wikipedia, and isn't, it. Wikipedia is an academic source. Yeah. Too, it's right? WikiHow. Oh, WikiHow. Wiki okay. Which is, with photos and <laughs> everything. <laughs> How does that relate to Wikipedia? <laughs> I think, it, isn't it part of it? It's like a subsite or yeah, something? Yeah, I know. It might be a sister site, but it comes with diagrams. And I, I was looking for the one that nice. said, defend your home with a hose. Yeah, I actually had a conversation with my colleagues today about Wikipedia and about how back when you were in university or college, how it was considered a non-reputable source. And if you dared learn anything from Wikipedia, you were just a trash bag. <laughs> if you learned a single thing from Wikipedia, you were the lowest of the low. The trick was to like read the Wikipedia stuff and then like go to the citations. And sometimes oh. the citations were like actual academic yeah. things that you could cite. That was the trick. That's, that's what I always so, did. So yeah, when I went to That's Wikipedia, what it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I think Wikipedia is where I learn most things from, and I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's all about democratizing education. Let's take that shame away from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so Brody legitimately had what looked like a fire hose. There's like a short scene of him just spraying down his house. Yeah, he had like the hydraulics and everything yeah. in the hose. But he didn't get his um, his shed. Yeah. Well, his house was okay. There's tool sharing. It's fine. 
tool to shake. <laughs> um, was there anything else from the wildfire? Like, I, I, I thought it was fascinating. Like, so I think I initially didn't believe that the fire was that close to his house. That yeah. was that was my thing. Like, I thought that the show was just playing it up. But then when we actually see the scene with him and Caitlin, um, you can see that like the ground's charred. Everything is pretty much burnt right beside the house. His shed, which he says is like, I don't know, a couple yards away from his house, is gone. Yeah, I was happy to see that all three of his dogs made it out alive. Did we see all of them in the car or was like one missing in that, that little scene? <laughs> <laughs> so are we sure of that? No, they were all there. Yeah, there was cool. three of them. There, there was three of them, all three of them. Yeah, two big boys and the one little boy. And then, yeah, I know they talked about later about uh, cleaning the ash out of their house and stuff, too. Yeah. yeah, but it seems like now, you know, they're back home. They realize what's important, not material things. And then we move... Um, from the scary wildfire to what I think is probably the most open scene that Misha has had on the show. She's really mm-hmm. like giving herself up to the reality show in, in a way. And she's talking about like, I guess, how difficult it is for her to get back into acting. Yeah, that was a real moment. I thought that, again, like maybe Spencer was just shooting his mouth off, but I really think that Misha, she brings us to her past and then she also was pretty vulnerable i mean if i was doing an audition it had to do with my career i don't know if i'd be willing to put that fully in front of the cameras yeah it's like she's auditioning and she's putting she's going in front of the camera and then putting that experience in front of the camera it's just all got very quantum for a second it was a quantum moment it was a very quantum moment and uh we got split misha but yeah like i really like that though because she does talk about how difficult it is how like you know the come back and stop before it even starts if you do really poorly and you know she worked on that accent yeah she was toying around with some accents there i, I did get a bit confused i didn't know it was confusing. were we in ireland were we down south is it yeehaw is it like, I don't know. Are, are we and, going after our lucky charms like what <laughs> specifically were we doing here misha yeah. and, then, and then the accent disappears briefly in her first reading at the actual casting call yeah but then ruth the the brothel woman was she the lady of the house, Ruth? Yeah, that's she, who she's playing. Yeah, yeah. She ran, she ran the brothel. She came out when she got feedback from um, the casting managers. Yeah, like subdued power. We don't know what this movie is, right? Like at this point, it, or show, whatever it is, it could already be out. Yeah, it could be like some very like Tarantino, like she's there in her brothel. Yeah. Hopefully, strategically, she gets casted after The Hills, and then we're all about it. And then we have to watch the movie. Yeah. I'm down for that. I'm so down. That'd be great. Just like a quick note that those casting managers. Wow. (laughs) I was really, really surprised. Like that's what it's like behind, you know, the casting couch kind of thing. Yeah, I was pretty riveted by that scene. I'm the edge of my seat. Some powerful tans. The LA sun, It's the, the climate change sun is different there than it is here. <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm just thinking back to that scene. I know. Um, yeah, it was. It, it would have been hard for me to really compose myself and put my accent on. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. Like <laughs> she couldn't even. I'm like crying her, right now. Because <laughs> her first delivery was like she even admitted that it wasn't great. Yeah. So maybe maybe um. The serious looks of the casting directors <laughs> threw her off. Yeah, acting is very hard. Yeah, it's hard, especially when you're like in the moment and the drop of the hat. You don't know who's asking you to do what accent. Yeah, yeah and the next thing you know, you're in a room and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then from uh, from the casting couch, uh, we move on to 
what I thought was a pretty funny scene at Spencer's and Heidi's place. Um, but before we do that, should we do our our Spencer's tweets? Yeah, sure. That that's a good idea actually. Yeah. Because they're linked in a way. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna do the segment that I am now going to do every week called Tweets from Spencer. We love um, this segment. Yeah. It's love it. a big success. We got a lot of uh, positive feedback about it. Um so I picked out three things that Spencer tweeted. One of them isn't a tweet, it's an Instagram post. And it relates to the uh, sonic scene that we see in the actual episode of The Hills where him and Heidi are drinking sonic milkshakes. Those milkshakes looked so good. They did. And that, that restaurant's not in Canada. No. I don't think so. I've never been to it. No. Um, it looked very like in and out esque Yeah, to it me. seems very in and out esque I think Paris Hilton actually did a very like a uh, sultry sonic did, commercial yeah. back in the that. day yeah she did she was washing a car i believe yeah. wonder if it's in niagara falls who knows it's, it's just across across the falls yeah which side Road this trip? is secretly just a niagara falls podcast but the the instagram post is kind of this like tongue-in-cheek thing where they're both drinking sonic drinks and then somehow spencer turns into a secret agent and then they're also drinking the sonic drinks on the show itself so that's the first uh social media post from tweets from Spencer. I'll say from a product placement point of view, they just they just run with it in such a natural way. I believe it. I mean, they the way that they bring in products and their sponsorships is so tongue in cheek. It's so thirsty. We have it's another so, one coming up later too. Yeah, it's so earnest. Yeah, it's just really amazing. Like they're there for the cash money. We know it. Like it's just it it just works in a way that's actually perfect don't want to get paid i I thought it was funny yeah i thought it was great and now i just want sonic milkshakes and i want pratt daddy crystals and the list isn't gonna end what if they sold a free sonic milkshake coupon with a pratt daddy crystal we'd have to drive to niagara falls we have to go and figure out if it's there and i want the same size and i want the same flavor it was green They, they have a cherry on it too in the ad it was perfect and maybe we'll be spies so speaking of ad placements we have one Again. We do. A return ad placement. We do. It, it's here every week. Thank and, you. And that ad placement is for Endy Mattresses. Endy's award-winning Endy Mattress has changed the way Canadians sleep. They're engineered to offer the perfect balance of comfort and support, and also designed to relieve pressure points, eliminate motion transfer, and release body heat faster than conventional foam. Sounds sick. It sounds sick. So I'm good. still basically living my dream with my Endy pillow. Yeah, I love it. I use it every night. I know. it's. I've never had a better sleep than the NDP. I actually think I sleep differently. And by differently, better? I mean better. And it's strange. Like, I actually, I know which one it is because I have like 17 pillows on my bed. I take my my bed so serious and there's. I just know which one it is. Nice. Yeah, I know. I've actually had a lot of neck pain and I feel like sleeping on this pillow is a difference. So we have a super special promo code friend written hills 50 that gives you 50 dollars off an indie mattress get your mattress yeah not just the pillow the mattress the entire experience the nd experience so the second uh tweet that i thought was pretty interesting and it's kind of spencer's tone changing a little bit with these live tweets that he does during episodes where he's being a little more positive than he was before and i think that's because the show got renewed for season two he knows he's gonna have to see these people i think maybe he has a little more confidence in the new hills as well and you you sort of heard that on the make spidey famous again podcast this week too Mm -hmm. uh so the tweet is 
Misha's shutting down, shutting fools down left and right. Guess someone's finally found her voice. Are you watching Kelsey Grammer? Oh. Uh, which I thought was interesting because he hasn't really been supporting her that much, right? Like he's he's been saying that she hasn't um, really been giving up a lot of herself to the show. She hasn't been giving viewers like a window into what's going on with her. And I thought that she really, really did in this episode. I think she really we'll is. We'll get to that later. But I, I thought that was cool to see him kind of offering support to her again. I totally agree. And I'm wondering if this has a little bit to do with the fact that Brandon Lee is so anti-Mish. Yeah, he is. He's so anti-Mish. So I'm almost wondering if something is amiss here because of that whole dynamic between everyone that there's like new alliances that have been forming in real life now. He said that he, I think it was Brandon said that he didn't say like a single sentence to Misha throughout the whole yeah. filming. But also if I was Misha, I'd be like, why is this child here? I'm so much above this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think and we fair. love him. We love him. We yeah. love Brandon. Yeah. Lee, but like, she's like, maybe her attitude is like, I'm OG. I'm doing this for the check. Why is he here? And there might be a little bit of competition between the two both new. OGs, right? So that's probably why there might be a bit of tension between the two of them. But I'm also thinking, though, that really Spencer's like, he never says anything poor about Audrina. And Audrina and Misha are total BFFs. So yeah. I wonder if they're just pulling in with that crew. It could be. This is like the new the new alliance, yeah. Game of Thrones. You do see Spencer's go. narrative every time he live tweets. It always evolves, right? Based on it the does episode. Change. His alliances seem to, like they change as well in his opinions. Like he was very pro Misha this week. And yeah, he was yeah. for sure. Well, one person who stays pretty neutral and true to all the people that are in his life is King Frankie. And King Frankie, we we heard it on uh, the Spidey, Make Spidey Famous podcast. He says, there's always a kernel of truth to what Spencer's saying. And I do agree with that in a sense. He's someone that kind of runs with emotion and it comes off completely insane. And people often miss what maybe is at the heart of what he's trying to say. So if you kind of like read between what King Frankie's saying and all of the drama that's going on with Brandon and Brody, we can kind of start to see where where these kind of new friendships and like territories are kind of building out. I thought King Frankie was great on their podcast this week too. I just wanted so to say great. that. So yeah. great. Yeah, my biggest takeaway was like, don't mess with his boys. And I wouldn't, don't mess yeah. with his boys he's and make sure backs. you go to his, his club. club. Make sure you go to that club. Yeah, or he's gonna get mad mad. Don't go to somebody else's club. Yeah, only King Frankie's club, which I absolutely would, Frankie, if we ever got an invite. Yeah. We'll be there early. We'll be there first. Be there early. We'll be dancing on the tables. We'll make it look so fun. And we'll probably help you like carry those tables and put them away for the evening. Yeah, for sure. Happy to be waitstaff. So happy to. I'm sure he'd love that. Yeah, I'd be so down. So then the final tweet from Tweets with Spencer is a little, it's like a little funnier one. Um, Obviously, he has beef with his sister, Stephanie. So he says, Stephanie's uh, sweater might say Paris, but her attitude is all rude girl at, at Waffle House. That was great. Wow, that was so great. So that was a Kenzo Paris sweatshirt. Yep. So those retail, you know, approximately like four seventy five, and he okay. just roasted it like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll say, you know, one thing is that Steph Pratt is not coming back for season two, or so we hear. She did say that, in a, in and and she's going pretty scorched earth, maybe for that reason. I don't. So I was thinking about it, and I think that. If they offered her enough money, she would come back regardless. I really do think that she would. Yeah, the UK is like double like the currency here or in the US, I think. So and I mean, she has a job there too. Like she's on um Made in Chelsea. Oh, yeah. Made in Chelsea. So oh, she's got options. I mean she doesn't need to come back, but 
I I have a feeling that she's very much become, at least to most viewers, the villain of the show. Or I don't know about that. I think I've been thinking about it too. And I think that Steph maybe has been playing it wrong. She's come in too aggressive. She doesn't realize that this isn't really the same age group and era that she came out of initially. Sure, that's that's true. Yeah, people aren't as interested in playing that kind of game in the same way. And I feel, and we'll talk about it a little bit later when we go to the number 10 dinner, but people are just kind of calling her out on it and she's kind of getting thrown out of the mix and ostracized because of her behavior in a way that maybe isn't giving her space. Like she might've gone in too hard and too fast at the beginning. Yeah, and that's how Heidi and Spencer kind of felt though about the original Hills is like they felt like they were made to be the villains and they always felt like they never deserved it. And like they didn't really have a say in how people saw them because that's how the producers wanted them to look. I don't know if this also applies to Steph, but it just, that's the vibe I'm getting. He talks about that a lot on the podcast, how they would literally do whatever the producers wanted with the original Hills. Yep. Um, just to please them and like they got certain bonuses for ratings and I think this time around um, he's obviously like hyping up the show and he had that little air of negativity but he's he's definitely playing things a little safer yeah and I mean on the podcast did they not say that they're planning for a baby for season two yeah he's yeah <laughs> they said they'll, specifically for season grace or faith the grace Hills producers yeah. uh, said that they they need to have a baby for season two that yeah. was his exact line yeah and so he's uh he's acting like they're with child <laughs> yeah yeah he's planning i honestly love spencer and heidi this season they're so great i was one of the spidey haters of you know hills of old but they're my favorites now yeah. i'm a huge them. fan i think they're great huge yeah i think they're heidi. So I think we can move on from tweets from Spencer, um, but this is kind of a little bit linked to it where Justin Bobby shows up at Spencer's house, Spencer and Heidi's place, mm-hmm. and he's helping Heidi write a song. Yeah. I think that's what's happening. A Christian song. And because she wants to, she said she wants to be a pop princess and she's trying to revive her career. And who else, who but Justin Bobby could help her write the perfect tune? Well, he's a major producer, right? Yeah, I know. Na, 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 na. That's what he says. And then it's just like... And then the magic just happens. That's how you write songs. Yeah. He shows up and he's like there to rock and roll. Yeah. I feel like he always had like a different vision, but yeah. Yeah. But it's I, a nice moment. Did you guys notice the hummingbird painting in their house? I didn't. I did it. So that was a good find. I, it was just majestic. It was, yeah. it must have been that one that, that kind of flew to Spencer's hand. Oh, yeah. the, the one, his pet hummingbird? Yeah. It's like yeah. this, this oil painting of sorts. I wonder if he got it like commissioned and it's that exact hummingbird. It probably is. It's honestly. got its specific markings. <laughs> yeah. I know. I wonder if he like taxidermied it and it's just somewhere in the house. I think probably. it's still alive. I think, I think oh, it's, it's still alive. Isn't that one alive. on his, his uh, Twitter that he pinned? Yeah, it's still the same one. I think oh. hummingbirds have a pretty uh, lengthy life. I love like, it. They live a couple of years. A couple of years is not lengthy. I love how we Whatever. Should... Like, I thought it was like 20 years. <laughs> more lengthy than the average yeah. bird, maybe? No, parrots live, I think, to be like 100 years Whoa. old. I, parrots aren't regular birds. So. Yeah, parrots are like humans. <laughs> they're kind of like a human pengri- penguin hybrid. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of freakish. But yeah. And then during this, uh, uh, Heidi talks a little bit about uh, the amount of money that she spent on her fledgling music career back in the early days i think it was two million dollars two million dollars but she was quite big in japan yeah 
When, yeah, that's a good goal, though. She went if number three. If you're big three, in Japan, that's, that's sick. That's, yeah, you've... Number three or number four? Was it number four in Japan? I think she was number like four. Yeah. Um, and so now she's trying to get back into music, and she's she's taking a different approach this time, and uh, it's a wants more, to become a Christian artist. Yeah, it's a more heartfelt Christian vibe. Yeah. What I, I actually really love it. Um, there's a huge market there. So, you know, you hear Heidi and Spencer talking about how... You know, Kanye is taking this on. Yeah. <laughs> and they want to be in the ocean on a on a glass platform, is it? Just... I think so. Yeah. She also describes the song at, that she wants to write as a faith-based positive song. Yeah, I liked it. It sounded really positive. I'm I was here for it. For it. Um, Pat, I hear that maybe you might have marked down some of those lyrics i did i i rewinded and uh listened to it many times and i wrote down the lyrics so here we go here we go so it's how am i here again lord i keep stumbling and it's not stumbling it's stumbling stumbling because it's got a bit of a country yeah it's it's gotta have that right yeah i can't do it on my own carry me strengthen me fill me only you can answer my prayers wow baller I'm looking forward to listening to it on Spotify. Yeah, me too. I'm going to give her all those streams and listens. Yeah, I mean, it was really great, you know, watching Justin Bobby tell her how to do music because he was, you know, number four in Japan himself at some time. Is that? Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is like the premier expert in all of this. And then uh, Spencer shows up out of nowhere. (laughs) Like he was just hovering behind the door waiting for his like casting call to come in. Oh, there was no way he let his wife be alone with that man. We were saying that like he was probably in the room where the hummingbird was and just hanging out and just ready to skulk out. (laughs) The way that Heidi goes, like she hears a a noise and goes, hello. As if it's like, you know, like your little brother just wanting to hang out with you and your grade 12 friends. She's like, oh, we're just making music. (laughs) I want to come. And the, the first thing he does when he gets in the room as he pours a giant glass of wine spidey pours are like becoming a thing spidey pours are totally a thing so i think i think that was everything from the very fun guitar lesson uh next next there's uh whitney whitney has a bit of a a moment on this episode too yeah it's like whitney's her version of showing who she is blunt haircut it's back it's beautiful her hair is always perfect she's always got some sort of shade of lipstick on she knows how how to rock it. She's got her looks. Yeah, this seemed to be her uh, contract-sanctioned uh, advertisement for herself in the same way that the rest of the cast has gotten. So Yeah, they're like, Whitney, you haven't really done anything, so you need to fill three minutes of yeah. your time. I didn't really understand what her company is. It's called Bundle Organics, and they yeah. sell... Organic, or- like, baby stuff? I yeah, think. I think it's stuff for uh, mothers, too. Yeah, that was my yeah it starts right at the very early stage with fertility products, and then it kind of goes up from there. So yeah. it's a whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Kit and, and she, caboodle. She talks about, like, she used to have a clothing line that she's running with her dad and her brother, um, and I think her other brother as well that she stopped doing because she couldn't handle um, the pressure with yeah. her dad being gone. Um, and now she's the creative director at Bundle Organics. And there's a bunch of people from that company there. And they're doing what looks like, I guess, like a promo shoot of some sort with her talking about her involvement with the company. I actually don't know. It kind of just seemed like they were standing there waiting for Caitlin to come in. And then they oh, would yeah, talk Caitlin about it. Yeah, Caitlin comes in and then it's like, hello, I am the creative director of this company. And then it's like, bye. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then they do the photo shoot. They also, I think that there's like a little theme that I put on our whiteboard, on our, our fourth character, the whiteboard, is that... She gets a little mom shamed sometimes. She does, yeah. 
Whitney? Yeah. So, you know, Caitlin's, you know, the baby hunger came up, obviously. Uh, Whitney's talking about how Sunny was unplanned and then she kind of fell into motherhood and Caitlin was kind of saying she was exploring it, but she doesn't want to become one of those people. Those people being like our friend Heidi. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, as in, like, she really, like, wants to be around Gunner, and she's just, like, very close to him, like, in that yeah. same type yeah. of motherhood. I don't know. I just think it's kind of strange that... Yeah. That I, thought it, I thought it was a cool moment from Whitney. She was, like, talking about struggling with her identity after having her child and, like, um, trying to figure out who she was after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's something what I loved about, like, all, like, the moms on the show. They're very outspoken about, like, dealing with the struggle of being a mom. It's, like, not always great, and it's, like, easy to, like, feel alone. I used to say this as someone with no kids, but like this is something that like I know a lot of moms feel like they can't talk about. So it's just nice that they're so open about it and it's like not something to be ashamed about. But yeah, but then Caitlin, I agree with, like Caitlin, it's the just one like, person with no kid is like, oh, well, yeah, I don't want to be like that. I know. And it's like, OK, well, but she still wants a kid. But she I still, still wants, wants a kid. kid. The baby hunger. Yeah. But everyone could pretend they're going to be a perfect parent until they're a parent, you know? Yep. And then from uh, the little backyard activity, we move to the. How do you pronounce it? The Wellsborn? The Wellsborn. Okay. Yeah. So the Wellsborn is where Brian makes everybody drinks. Only Brian. That was my probably my favorite scene. I had to rewind it because I was like, wait, did she out of context say Brian knows what we want? Yeah. And then the waitress has to just be like, wait, so like, do I get him? Do I quit? What do I do with this information? Do that's, I leave? That's the title of this episode. Brian knows what you want. Yeah, Brian knows what you want. It's like, do I go to Brian? Brian's not here. What I almost do I do? feel like that was a production error on the show where like Brian was going to be in it or something. And then Brian didn't want to be in it. Yeah. And Brian was like, I need more money to do this one scene where I deliver a drink. And MTV was like, no, Brian, you're not in the show anymore. Yeah. I know. Or it was just like Kobe Brian or something was like in the corner. It's like, I'm actually going to serve Kobe Brian or something. And That'd be just sick. Not be, like, maybe that's what it was. That's yeah. Maybe that's where it was. Is that where he lives? Is in LA? Yeah. I actually don't think he lives. In, does he live in LA? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. That's the only Brian I can think of. So is there anything else that we want to talk about from the Wellsborn now that we've uh, discussed Brian, the most important character on the show? Uh, yeah. Well, I think there's kind of two things here. I, the, this is really Misha opening up, though. This is Misha talking about how she feels orphaned from her family. She, I, I, I mean, we've talked a lot about how we're really over this whole Adrena, Justin, Bobby situation. So tired of it. Like I, you're I so tired of it. Care. I'm getting so bored. It seems just so like feigned. We're like so over it, but. It was a chance where Audrina was actually listening. Like, it wasn't about her at all. She let Misha talk. Misha really opened up about, like, her loneliness and her... We saw some tears, and it seemed it seemed kind of sad. So, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts there. She was but. putting it all on the table. Like, I, I thought that was cool. She was doing exactly what uh, Spencer was complaining about her not doing in earlier episodes, right? She was giving up something personal about herself to the show, which is what I think... The Hills has always been to an extent. Um, and that's part of why I think this moment is one of the reasons why I thought this was such a good episode of The Hills and reality TV in general. Yeah. And it reminded me a lot. So like we talked about the old school Hills, Misha's going and bringing her career into it. It's really similar to what we saw in the original Hills is, you know, people going on job interviews, people trying to like progress their careers and then talking about what's going on in their personal lives i think misha really offered that og hills um flavor and being interns in closets being interns in closets i mean 
at the Wellsbourne, which I feel like is a place that we would probably all go as friends. Do yeah, you guys think that? it is kind of like the the fox and the fiddle of LA. So yes, we could find ourselves there. Uh, just I down take the that street. back, Jess. I actually would not go there. <laughs> the decor was nice. No, I thought it looked lovely. It, it had nice. like really beautiful glassware, really bespoke cocktails. It looked cool. I mean, did you guys have a chance to look at at the menu? Because I certainly did. So I didn't, but I know you guys did. Well, you know, I've obviously gone through the whole menu inside and out and the Yelp reviews as well. So the Wellsbourne, um, it's definitely something that's up my alley. I would definitely love to have a Misha Adrina night there. Um, it would be kind of cool just if you were ever interested in going there. We could do a, a cool girls night and actually just pick the date night special for 60 bucks. You get two Prosecco's two cocktails and two entrees and the entrees are like burgers you can get avocado toast i don't know that's a good deal yeah, yeah. i feel and like everyone like would walk away do. happy yeah it sounds like something we do yeah yeah we just seems, do that anyway seems like you get a lot for uh 60 for bucks yeah. yeah so now that we've gone to the well wellsborn for some reason, I find the name of that restaurant really hard to pronounce. And I also couldn't read it on the show. Like, the, you know, that little yeah. clip where they showed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I went back. So I, I kept pausing it and it, it took me a moment to really figure out what that logo was. Um, but it's the Wellsborn. We can verify that. Nice. So from the Wellsborn, was there anything else we want to talk about from that? I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I mean, Misha tried to pull back a little bit of the Justin Bobby stuff at the end, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're pretty much over that, but we will have to address it a little bit. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but what I really liked about that scene was, like, yeah, Misha really, you know, like you said, she's shown in this scene, like, we're really getting, like, a lot more out of Misha, which uh, Spencer was criticizing. And, um, you know, this, uh, like, Misha's story and her journey was a big theme of the 2000s. So now we're kind of unraveling that. The story of her mom's, of her mom's, so just for some background, um, apparently her mom stole 7.8 million to uh, buy a Beverly Hills home and then locked Misha out of it. Locked um, her out of the locked home? Locked her out of the house, wouldn't let Misha in. And then Misha tried to sue and then she retracted the lawsuit and they've kind of been estranged and like, I guess been on and off talking, but it hasn't quite worked out. Yeah, she talks about that a little bit, how she doesn't know where the relationship with her mother lays at this at this point. Yeah, so it's it was some in, like especially like I know to like twenty two thousand eight me or to, like I don't even remember what year, but like you know early aughts me would be very interested in what's happening. So we're kind of like pulling the threads on that. Yeah, and, that's cool. Yeah, getting some insight. And then it's it's all JB season all the time when we go to uh, the number ten restaurant. The number ten. Number ten. Number yeah. 10 dinner. So it was a quite highly rated restaurant in case you guys are interested. W- what was the Yelp score? Um, we're really verging on a five. It's wow. like 4.6 to 4.8 out of five. So this was like an inquisition with uh, Joey, uh, Adrena's friend, and also stylist. Stylist. Stylist as well. Stylist of the stars. Um, they're, they're sitting there having... Stylist of the stars. <laughs> they're sitting there and they're having uh, dinner and then Steph shows up. It's all very planned. And it's kind of this confrontation about some of the rumors that were circulating um, during the Vegas trip last week. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about how it could come across as a little bit mean girls for Joey and Audrina to sort of spring that on Steph Pratt. But I also think she kind of asked for it. Yeah. Yeah. I did feel like. So the way that Audrina is upset and the way that people are upset with Steph, I feel like is justified is just for me, like initially did rub me the wrong way because just 
is just kind of like, oh, you're pulling up your squad to like speak for you. And Audrina's just going to look at you judgingly, but like not say it herself. It's like, why don't you just say it? Like you're just getting, you're, you're getting your friend who can fight to like yeah. do it well, for you. It's a friend that can fight, but also the friend that Steph Pratt was demanding an apology from. True. So I love that she didn't stand apologize. up and ask for an apology, then you better be well available to come to number 10 dinner. And- I think she definitely deserved it because mm-hmm. she's the sort of the source of all of this this conflict yep she deserved it i'm gonna be honest and i think the thing that joey said that struck me in terms of girl code was you can't deny that audrina and justin bobby had a history and there's a lot of feelings there and if you're gonna start to play around and pretend and puppeteer that there's this thing or there isn't this thing like we don't really know the truth well we kind of know the truth quantum wall there isn't a thing but if you're gonna kind of act up like there's this drama going on between you and someone's ex then you gotta expect that there's gonna be feelings and there's gotta be some accountability you know yeah the one thing that um stephanie said that i thought was like an interesting way of phrasing things um, she said that my friendship with Justin is really the most important relationship in my life. <laughs> Which was like, does not help anything. Is that no. hyperbole? I don't know, That's man. what she said. Um, it, it was very interesting phrasing is, is all I would say. Yeah, and do you also notice that when she feels on guard that her accent and weird way of talking yes. gets more Absolutely. and more Lindsay Lohan. It's very Lindsay Lohan-esque. It is. Like, I, you know what? Like, you say that now, it's like, yeah, absolutely. It's so pronounced. It um, becomes so pronounced. Yeah, Spencer did say she d- like she can't handle confrontation. So I think she got, like, you know, a little short-circuited in that scene with, like, um, like my favorite quote from this exchange was, you know, Steph being like, I want to give you the opportunity to say everything in my face that you've been saying behind my back. And Joey being like, I was speaking very openly in front of everybody. And yeah. I just like love that. I was like, okay. It's because they're not playing the game. Like that's the problem with Stephanie Pratt is she's playing the game she's that the old game. made sense when the Hills first came out, when you're under 20 years old. And now it's a different game. There's different. a different way that you play social dynamics. There's a different way that you engage with people. And Steph is coming across as very outdated. It's because she's been in the UK for 10 years. <laughs> it's a different vibe. She's in a different country. She just doesn't know, she doesn't doesn't know doesn't how things know. work. Her true home. Yeah, her true home, her real home. Um, so I, I thought it wasn't... Like, I'm tired of the Stephanie-Justin thing, but I thought this was kind of like a very... So it was staged, obviously, by the production of the show, mm-hmm. but I thought the interaction and what happened was somewhat real. I agree there. So then we move on from the number 10 dinner to the farm-to-table dinner with Frankie. There's a lot of dinners in this week's episode. Of, I know. This would be food. the dinner that I would probably want the most, the pink pasta yeah, sauce. Good. He he really served a feast, and apparently he made it himself. Yeah, I, I believe that. And I love that. I love how he's like bolognese pink sauce, and I was like, oh my gosh, Frankie, I want that pink sauce, and I want that bolognese. And like it looks the, so delicious. This is the first time we see uh, or we meet Jen, Frankie's wife, and he was super hyped about her being in yeah, this episode so on uh, on uh, Spencer and Heidi's podcast. I've gone deep deep on her Instagram, and she is actually truly a beautiful woman. And she seems like a really good mom, and I could kind of see why she probably doesn't necessarily fit into the whole Hills drama, but 
um, it was really nice to see her making an appearance. Yeah, and it was cool. She was just doing her thing on the sidelines, just like watching the drums. And I feel like I would try to react the same way. I'd take it in, pour a drink, and then bye. And you also know that the house wine at King Frankie's house is oh, probably, it's probably so great. great. It's probably from the good rack at the club. The one thing that I thought was uh, kind of funny is King Frankie gives himself a new name too. Early on in this scene, he calls himself Frank the Tank. Yeah, I didn't know where that came from. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, like, I liked it though. Is that like I was like, does is that from Old Hills? <laughs> I never heard that one before. I would prefer King Frankie. Me too. I think King Frankie is a better name. It's better branding too because that's his Instagram handle. Yeah, yeah, you can't just change it. Yeah, but I think kind of what happened there was it was this interesting thing where you could really see how going back to the idea. I mean, I talked about it. I don't want to bore everyone with how I think Heidi's being mom shamed, but she's definitely been kept out of the drama. So she's a little disconnected from what's happening. And she's sort of trying to compensate by showcasing how she's a mom and is kind of just acting the fool a little bit. Yeah. I guess it must be a little bit of a tough situation because she does know she has a role to play on the show, but she doesn't necessarily get to be there all of the time. So she's like rolling around on the floor. Yeah, but that kind of seemed like a cute, genuine moment, though. I actually really like that. It just seemed like they were like actually people for a second. Like not that they're going to see them as people, obviously, but it's just like it, it seemed like a they, real thing. It wasn't like a reality show. It's like they were just like girls hanging out, like laughing mm-hmm. about like mom stuff. And it's I something really you could that. you could see like actual people doing. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, like, I'd probably just roll on the floor for you guys, but like not because I'm a mom, just because I'm just like. I don't know, drinking tequila. I think that's fair. Who yeah. wouldn't want to roll on the floor? Founders original, tequila yeah. palomas. So everybody was at this dinner for the most part, except for uh, Audrina and Brody and Caitlin, yeah. I think. Um, and there's an interesting, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's interesting because I'm so tired of this plot line, but Stephanie shows up and the whole room just goes silent they're just watching and everyone just looks <laughs> which i love and jason doesn't say a word but his like face is just always like huh so i, if I, was... I make a face i get residuals <laughs> <laughs> so i was talking about this before and i feel like jason wasn't actually supposed to be in this scene and he just like he just showed, he up. Just showed up he just heard there was food <laughs> like showed up which i would do with tupperware and everything totally yeah uh, we're not embarrassed and the producers were like hey jason you're not you're not scheduled to film today and he was like oh really i thought i was and then he just like stays even after they ask him to leave and, and the producers are so annoyed they're just like oh man why is he still here <laughs> there's not enough pink pasta for everyone ask him to leave no uh, let <laughs> him stay <laughs> they try to get the intern to ask him to leave <laughs> <laughs> sir sir <laughs> sir sir you're not supposed to be here we didn't have you on the call list <laughs> I can't. He's not leaving. And he just pretends like he doesn't uh, speak English or something and doesn't understand what she's saying. <laughs> yeah, but he makes great faces. <laughs> <Huh? Yeah. laughs> Stephanie. Yeah. What's really great though here is Misha comes comes and delivers again. She just really stands up to Justin Bobby. Shuts him down hard. Shuts him down. Is like stop behaving this way. This is Audrina. She's my girl. The way that she's acting is how she is. She's not acting any different to you than how she is to me. 
And she just said it in a way that she just has no space for any of that negative masculine energy. Yeah, I loved it. Because he did, like, he tried to make her look like, you know, the quote-unquote crazy girl where he's like, oh, she's like, she pulled on my belt buckle. Like, she she called saw me, that. She called me 10 times that yeah. night. And then Misha's like, she called me 10 times too. And, like, that is, like, kind of the way. Like, if anyone was doing that to any of my girlfriends, it's just like, no, you are, like, as usual, gaslighting. Don't talk about my girl like that. I think we've kind of, like, you know, like, I've been in that situation for, before where it's like, you got to, like, shut it down. And, like... It did seem very real to me, too, again. So JB is such a little slug right now. Like, he's kind of low on my right. list. But can I, can I tell you guys one thing that I mentioned in my notes? Yes. Go for it. So going back to um, when they were at the Wellsbourne and talking about the early days with Justin Bobby, I wrote that he was a cute little BB. He's a cute little BB? Yeah. He was really cute when he was younger. He was, yeah. No, I just I actually haven't seen the picture, so that's where I'm coming from. I remember the picture. I was like, I don't Did you have think one. He was cute. Yeah, I thought he was. I just like wrote that in my notes. Yeah, that's a good note. <laughs> that just reminded me of how actually when JB walked in, um, Frankie goes, "The tongue with the lizard, give me that lizard." And that yeah, what was that about? <laughs> that was just a great line that made no sense. It was a very it's a hillsism when they just start making up words in between. So it, that just reminded me, even though it's unrelated. But I actually haven't seen the photo. I think that was probably everything um, from the dinner. Like Heidi leaves, Spencer has like a joke about just wanting wanting to drink and turn up and hang out with his friends. He's like, got four, four more minutes. <laughs> for four, like, four more. more minutes. I thought that was pretty funny because it seemed genuine. Like he just wants to hang out. And I think yeah. he's adorable. I don't know what's happened, but like, yeah, we are such fans of Spidey. Like we love them. Yeah, I know a big Spidey fan, and yeah, I love when he's just like four more minutes. I'm turning up in four minutes because you know, as I said, I've been at last call trying to desperately order double shots before. Or, you know 2 a.m hits and i'm just like we got four more minutes and like i just love that moment he's, they're great he just wants to balance jessica, you're so much younger than me <laughs> no i'm just immature <laughs> jessica knows that it's okay to like hit me up for like a 5 p.m hang be like do you want to get drinks mags and it's basically because she's gonna go wild later <laughs> and i'm gonna go to bed you're there just for the early part of the night yeah i'm like oh yeah and i'll go home at eight yeah but she's down for it she loves and it. we have like proseccos yeah it's like brunch for her yeah <laughs> Fair. I do wake up at like 2 p.m. if I can. That's pretty early. Yeah, it's early enough when you're like 15. But anyway. So after the uh, the King Frankie dinner, um, we hit up another restaurant. Everything's set in restaurants in this week's episode. Oh, yeah. So we now we're going to Road to Seoul. So it's a Korean barbecue restaurant. It actually looked like another place that we would probably I'd go there for go sure. There. I like Korean barbecue. I yeah, love Korean guys, barbecue. We should go Korean barbecue. Yeah, maybe we do a Korean barbecue edition where we just rec- record with Korean barbecue. Just show up at a Toronto <laughs> Korean barbecue with yeah. a bunch of mics and set them just up. Just get a Korean grill. I actually think we could probably do that. Yeah. Th- really? Do you think they would be cool with it? Yeah, for sure. Okay, we should do that. We should try it. I actually think, because you know how they do the like, hi, we're here live on the stage at like South by Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could just be like, hey, we're here live at the Korean barbecue. Yeah, I think it would be great. There's like sizzling in the background. Yeah, there's sizzling in the background. Sizzling just, shrimp. Yeah. The last time I actually went to Korean barbecue was a really long time ago. And I was in a very serious relationship. And it was the beginning of it. And uh, we went and I set the thing on fire by accident. Like a grease fire? Yeah, but it wasn't because I was negligent. It was just like one it's of those haphazard moments. 
yeah. yeah. They probably didn't exchange the grease tray or yeah. something. Yeah. I think we've all been there at least once, though, where it's just like, oh, there's too much fire. And then, but I just end up undercooking it because I'm so scared. That's what I do. Yeah. So I, I used to go to one on uh, somewhere on Young Street yeah. near, near Ryerson. Korean Grill yeah, House. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I would often not cook things enough and then i would eat it anyways because i was stupid and then i would be sick <laughs> so three people who don't know how to cook korean barbecue are gonna go to korean barbecue and do a and, podcast and we're gonna yeah. record a podcast okay yeah let's I'm do it, guys. so I'm much down. kimchi this was a pretty sad scene yeah um, it actually made yeah. me sad it actually made me really sad because i think beyond like the do they have a relationship do they not have a relationship they've known each uh so uh, Adrena and Justin have known each other for a really long time yeah. and they're they're close friends right like they know a lot about each other they filmed the original hills together um they sort of stayed in touch after a little bit and and this is like really their friendship just like crumbling and falling apart uh live on television for our enjoyment for our enjoyment no it actually made me sad I think we've all been there in a relationship where it's like we actually can't be around each other right now and it's kind of devastating because there's obviously care and history and then also some magnetism towards each other. But you also realize that maybe you're Justin Bobby and you actually have a real girlfriend or you're Audrina and all of your friends are trying to, you know, speak to your history and pull you into drama. And that's pretty sad. And like it ended up with just two kind of hurt people that just decided that it wasn't worth it anymore so, it seemed yeah. it seemed legit and like real to me too like i know it was part of the show but the conversation they had was definitely like at least for that time i'm sure things will change and like i know they did a press tour after the show came out where they were speaking together but in that moment it really seemed like their relationship was like over yeah, and uh, as Spencer pointed out in his uh, in his Cosmo review, um, the fact that they didn't even stay for the skewers means that it was very likely real. So, I love the the pour in the background that you can hear. <laughs> it was a spidey pour because I couldn't see. So yeah, she just gave me a spidey pour. Of that's wine. A, that's impressive. The tequila was a really bad idea tonight, <laughs> or a good idea. Yeah, I think there's some chemicals I can't take, and this might have been one of them. But I love it. Yeah. So um, basically. Um, what I would say out of it that Spencer said really well was the fact that they couldn't look each other in the eye means that there's a history that is not quite finished yet, where if it came down to him and Brody, he doesn't mind staring that guy straight in the eye. That was a good Because it's completely tweet. dead and doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I, again, like we've talked about this before, I think we're all kind of over this whole thing that's happening between them. Um, mm -hmm. And they're like little love triangle sort of thing with, with Stephanie. But I thought this was a good, interesting scene because it seemed real. But my question is, okay, here's the question. We've kind of gone through this whole, so the fire's over. You know, Brody saved his house. Misha seems that she is potentially on a path of getting her acting together. Um, you know, Whitney has not a lot to offer right now. And... I, I just don't know what's going to happen. Like, if, if there's no more of this Justin Bobby Adrena drama, like, what's really to come next week? Do you guys have any insight there? So we saw um, there's a very, very brief clip of who we talked about previously on other episodes of Unwritten, who we think is Justin Bobby's actual girlfriend, um, Lindsay Pellis. Mm -hmm. who is a model and influencer, I believe is her official. She's a model yeah. and influencer. Yep. She um, once came to Halloween as Pamela Anderson. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That Which was Which I thing. thought was a real interesting tie to our interesting friend, friend and Lee, who we need to come back. Like maybe he's the one that's going to start up next week. It could be. Yeah. I think he's supposed to show up next week. So at least we get some some insight into that because he talks about how we can read people or something and then yeah. it looks like he's arguing. So he, he should be coming back. So Lindsay and Justin show up at a party together and then the cast like has a brief moment. This is this is like in the preview after the episode for next week's episode. The cast has like a moment where they're all like discussing like, is he doing this on purpose? Is he proving a point? Like, what is this? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was just a long standing plot for him to be able to live his actual life with his long rumored girlfriend. I think so. So I think that's it. Uh, we've covered every single scene from the show. We'll be back next week with our thoughts on episode seven of The Hills New Beginnings. Be sure to follow the pod on social media. Is it episode seven? No, I was just laughing because like we've consistently done something for almost seven weeks and I'm really proud of us. It, it's impressive. I think it's good. Yeah. Know, happy yeah. seven week anniversary. <laughs> this is really consistent. We should get a cake. I can get us a cake. That'd be it's great. our own birthday. We just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, we should have announced our own birthday, the birthday of the pod. Next week. I so, only need two birthdays. <laughs> Be sure to follow uh, the pod on social media at at hills underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also listen to Unwritten on nearly every podcast platform out there, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, and more. If you're an Apple Podcasts user, make sure to drop a five-star review and let us know what you think of the show. It really helps with our placement of the pod um, on that particular platform, so please do that. We also have an email, unwrittenhillspodcast at gmail.com, and you can reach out to us for ad opportunities, suggestions, or more importantly, birthday shoutouts, if there are any birthdays next week. And special shout out to Founders Original Tequila Paloma for really helping this conversation flow tonight. They made they made the episode, I would argue. That rose gold skull pinata, man. Yeah, as soon as we saw that, we knew it was over. Or just beginning, new beginnings. And that's it. See ya. <laughs> so when you write, like, do you go, like, do you write verse and then be like, yeah. I'll just write, like, X amount of poetry, essentially. Cool. So here's some lyrics that I wrote. How am I here again? Lord, I keep stumbling. I can't do it on my own. Carry me, strengthen me, fill me. Only you can answer my prayers now when you write that do you do you hear it in your head like the way sometimes you want to sing it? okay some yeah like i'm gonna get you to say keep stumbling how am i here again please okay. so you do hear it I like that, it sounds really pretty.